The responsibility of a parent or a father-like figure is to teach their child or mentee all that they know, for they have the life experience. They share pitfalls and insights on the ebbs and flows of life. This is what exactly Paul the Apostle did in writing 2 Timothy. Timothy, a young pastor who led a church in Ephesus, received this message from Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle is facing imminent death. In fact, 2 Timothy is the last letter written by Paul the Apostle. In this particular case, Paul the Apostle, he was arrested by Emperor Nero, and he knew that he was going to die. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. In 2 Timothy, Paul urges Timothy to preserve, preach, and suffer for the gospel. In this video, the aim is to examine 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 as the core scripture and a urge on how young men need to be equipped to preach the gospel. Now, before we dive in to scripture, let's take a moment and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. I'm reminded in scripture that how can a young person stay in a path of purity? Is by living in accordance to your word. So we open our hearts and minds this time as we prepare for the message. And we say this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned before, we will examine 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15. And I believe that this is a great scripture to refer to on those, especially young men, who are interested in preaching and teaching the gospel. So, let's get right to it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 15 and it says do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the truth see Paul urges Timothy to present himself to God as one approved the main implication behind that is through testing see God test us through our very circumstances to essentially prune and to develop our character and to truly see the genuineness of our faith. See, Paul challenges Timothy to present himself to God as a worker who is not ashamed of the gospel, but he who correctly handles the truth. You see, I wanted to add a little bit of context with this situation. See, some people were ashamed of being affiliated as a Christian during that time because of Paul's arrest. Christians during the early church were persecuted. So that essentially gave 
grounds to some people to depart from the faith or not to openly share the faith. And as we examine the very circumstances today, the world opposes Christianity. A couple videos ago, I shared that Christians face tension due to the opposition forces of the world. The world believes that Christians are repellent sprays, right? The world believes that Christians are judgmental. There's this misunderstanding, misconception of what Christianity is and Christian living. In fact, Christian living is contrary to the standards of the world. And that's where the tension lies. See, Paul was encouraging Timothy in the midst of persecution, in the midst of where Christians are being martyred, thrown in jail, beaten during that time to stand firm in the faith and to share the gospel. And while in general in the United States, we may not deal with a level of persecution of martyrdom, we still face persecution in various forms. And it's very important, especially as Christian men, to stand firm in the faith. Because if you don't, <laughs> Uh, you will most likely desert from the faith and you will not be able to witness, especially those who need the gospel. And we're going to further examine again with this main scripture, correctly handling the truth. This means someone who teaches with integrity and honesty, not only upholding these virtues of teaching the word of God through with honesty and integrity, but also their lifestyle must be reflective on, in the gospel. So it is a lifestyle of obedience, meaning it's a lifestyle of not only teaching the word of God, but living in the word of God. And I think from that scripture, this is at its core where Paul is challenging Timothy to not only preserve and teach the gospel, but live in the truth. So why should this matter? I mean, you can basically just teach the word of God and not follow suit with your actions. Why does this matter? <laughs> well, the reality is that teachers will be judged more strictly because they are people of influence. If you look at James chapter three, verse one, it says, not many of you should be teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And also too, Jesus is very concerned of the significance, the position of teachers. In fact, if we were to go to Matthew chapter 23, Jesus grieves teachers who mishandled the truth in their teaching and their conduct. So in Matthew 23, this is where Jesus shares the seven woes of false teachers and the Pharisees. And I want to share two examples or two of the woes that Jesus said. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. It says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. 
Whoa, that is convicting. Because what Jesus is essentially saying is that we're not taking away, I'm not taking away your evangelistic efforts. But what I'm truly concerned is you are mishandling the truth and you're leading people astray. And that's very important that if we are called to preach and teach the gospel, our form of teaching has to be done accurately. It has to uphold integrity because when we lead people astray, they don't truly know and understand the good news, the gospel. Another example where Jesus is concerned and grieves teachers who mishandle the truth in their teaching and conduct is also Matthew chapter 23, verses 25 to 28. And it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside there are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Whoa, I highly recommend that you read Matthew chapter 23 from verses 1 to 33, the seven woes of false teachers. See, Jesus put these guys on the spot. You see, what it appears to be on the outside, you look righteous, you look good, but on the inside, your soul, your relationship with God is not up to par. Inside, you have wicked deeds in your heart. Inside, you're preaching the gospel through selfish gain, selfish ambition. And we know that there are teachers and pastors who are like this, that in the outside, they look good. They look righteous. But in terms of where they are, from a moral standpoint, man, there's a lot of cleansing that needs to be done. A course of repentance needs to be done. And a renewal of the mind and spirit needs to be done. Man, I'm absolutely loving these, ah, the seven woes, the seven woes. I highly recommend that you take the moment and read, read these things because this right here is essentially some of the characteristics to be aware of um, if you are looking forward to preach and teach the gospel. And speaking of moral obligation there's also a relational obligation to teach and preach the word of god see paul gives three analogies here to those who are called and deemed reliable to teach he those three analogies are a soldier who tries to please his commanding soldier athletes who will receive a victor's crown only if they follow the rules and a hard-working farmer who will be the first to receive a share of the crop. And of course, I'm going to have the supporting scriptures on screen, but I'm also going to take a moment and read 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 2 to excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 4 to 6 
And these are the three analogies that's mentioned. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of crops. And if we were to really tie these analogies all together, this speaks of the responsibility and the seriousness that this man of God needs to possess to preach the gospel. So there is a moral obligation and a relational obligation between the worker and the master, Jesus Christ. And to uphold and carry out this responsibility requires prudence and discipline. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 to 7. And Paul urges Timothy, again, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, Train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. To train yourself is to put that sweat in. It's to make sure that you're constantly in communication with God through prayer, reading his word, being knowledgeable who, of who this God is. And, and only the only way for us to receive knowledge of or understanding who God is, is by reading his word. In allowing the Holy Spirit to infiltrate our hearts and minds that we receive revelation. Man, because scriptures, we may never conceive it based on our insight and our wisdom. The Holy Spirit at play knows the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit leads us in of obeying and walking in Jesus' teachings. And that's very important. So to train ourselves to be godly is to read the word of God, is to have a prayer life and to act upon the very principles discussed in the Bible. Paul also urges Timothy to pursue a life of holiness. He says to avoid godless chatter, because if you indulge in it, you become more godly, see, more ungodly. So that means we have to be very careful on the conversations that we get ourselves into. Anything that is ungodly chatter, please refrain from it. Because the more you indulge in it, it will contort your mind. It will contort your heart. And you become ungodly. If you So in other words, you have to be very mindful of what you're feeding. What's feeding in your mind? What's feeding in your heart? Also, pursuing a life of holiness means to consecrate yourself for the Lord in both ordinary and special circumstances. We see here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 to 21, it says, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. So just as much as we are preparing for that big moment in our very ordinary circumstances, our everyday lives, we have to constantly prepare ourselves, 
consecrate ourselves before the Lord so that uh, we will be instruments for special purposes. And also Paul lists other things. Flee from evil desires from your youth. Avoid foolish arguments for it will lead to strife. You must be kind. You must be kind. And also gently instruct opponents and hope the Lord will lead them to repentance. So these are the virtues to be mindful of if we are called to preach and teach the word. So young men, I firmly believe that 2 Timothy is a great book, a great framework on how to prepare the young generation for ministry. In fact, in the next episode, I'm going to dive deep in terms of what young people need and how can the church prepare young people for the next generation. But as I mentioned before, if we are chosen by God to teach and preach the gospel, we must present ourselves to God as one approved by testing. One who is not ashamed, but correctly handles the truth. Upholding the standard of integrity, accuracy, honesty. And we have to understand that being called to teach has a moral and relational obligation. And also, not only we are called to teach, presenting the gospel is important, but living in it is just as important. So I want to let you guys know that here at the Good Steward Podcast, we're getting the ball rolling in terms of preaching and teaching. I've received so much feedback that people love what I'm sharing. And I want to let you know that I'm in it for the long run. I have ways to go. There are certain things that I need to consecrate myself for the Lord. I allow him to do the good work in me to be transformed because I believe that I am called to preach and teach the gospel. I have ways to go. But this right here, this platform, this moment is a stepping stone. And I will steward this platform well. Steward by learning, diving deep into scriptures, living in the truth. Praise God.